you have a Bible with you this morning, I want to invite you to turn to our gospel reading, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38 is where we'll land and anchor. Now, as you flip there in your Bible, let me welcome you back to the sadly fourth and final Sunday of Advent. <laughs> I love uh, the Christmas season. I love Advent. And so I am always sad when we uh, are kind of waving goodbye to Advent. Christmas is coming, though, and it's rapidly approaching. So we'll have 12 days to celebrate. Church announcements are a precious and needed commodity, aren't they? It's a simple way to let the parish know what's going on in just the day and day of life of, of the parish and of the church. But I think what you need to know is that there are times where, on one hand, what is trying to be communicated, what is really said is quite another. And so here are my top five funniest announcements from actual church bulletins. You ready? Number one. Remember in prayer the many who are sick of our church and community. <laughs> Number two, Wednesday night the ladies' liturgy will meet. Mrs. Johnson will sing, Put Me in My Little Bed, accompanied by the rector. <laughs> Number three, this one I know well. This actually has happened to me. Today, the pastor will preach his farewell message, after which the choir will sing, Break Forth into Joy. <laughs> Number four, ladies, don't forget the rummage sale. It's a chance to get rid of those things not worth keeping around the house. And don't forget your husbands. <laughs> and I thought this one was really fitting, especially in the couple days as we celebrate Christmas Eve, the pastor will light his candle from the altar candles. The ushers will light their candle from the pastor's candle. The ushers will turn and light each worshiper in the first pew. <laughs> if you come to the Christmas Eve service, I promise that will, that will not happen. We won't light you on, on fire. Right, announcements really can go so wrong, but what I really want you to understand this morning is what we have before us today, this morning, is an announcement that is the most wonderful news that's ever happened in the history of the world. The incarnation of the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's never been better news proclaimed than what the angel Gabriel spoke to Mary that day. The world was tail spinning, out of control, in sin. We've they had not heard of Yahweh in 400 plus years, and then out of nowhere comes an angel to a young girl from a lowly family in a nowhere land to announce the greatest news that's ever been heard by human ears. God has spoken, and he breaks through, and he speaks to sinful humans, and his message is this. Jesus Christ, Savior, is going to be born. And so with that news this morning, here are some questions to ponder. Here's some questions that may be on your mind and your heart this morning. Are you carrying a burden this morning into this place? Is there sin in your life? 
that you can't simply overcome. Do things look insurmountable today, this morning, where you're seated? Right there where you're at. Does it just look like it's insurmountable, what I'm feeling? Are you hurting emotionally? Is there a concern you have from a human standpoint there just seems to be no relief, just no answer. You don't feel like God is near. Perhaps there's a part of your Christian life that you're just struggling with. Well, be encouraged this morning from this passage because there are three amazing truths out of this text that will encourage you that have to do with all of these questions that I think at some point or another all human beings struggle with. Here's number one. Mary saw that no matter who she was, God could use you. Mary saw that no matter who she was, God could use you. Do you remember the last time that you filled out an application, a job application? Right? You had to give all of your personal data, your background, summarize um, kind of who you are in a nutshell, your education, your experience so forth. And one question, right, that is often asked by employers is, what is it that makes you uniquely qualified for this position? What makes you unique? Why should I hire you? And how you answer that question um, without coming off as arrogant or a snob or conceited, I have no idea, but employers just assume your availability, don't they? They assume that you're available. But what they really want to find out is namely, number one, your liabilities. What would make you unsuited for the job? And then secondly, they want to know your abilities. What what skills, what talents help you to do the job that you're actually applying for? Well, this is what you need to know this morning is that God doesn't operate this way. At all, does he? Because Mary came to see that no matter who you are, God can use you. God isn't interested in your abilities as he is your availability. We see this in verses 26 and 27, don't we? Because it paints a picture of an ordinary adolescent girl with some serious liabilities. Because namely, number one, she's, she's young. Most New Testament historians believe that she could be no, no more than 14, 15 years old when this news is given to her. And we all know that God doesn't use young people. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Baloney. He uses young people. And, and just in case you need to know more verified facts... On that, I'm the director of youth ministries, and I'd be love to tell you how God uses young people, even to change the heart of a priest. So she's young, but not only that, she's poor. We know that she didn't come from a wealthy family, and according to the next chapter, when her and her husband now come to the temple, they bring just a measly two doves, which is nothing but a poor man's offering to the temple so she's poor she's young she's poor she not only is young and poor but she is from Nazareth Nazareth is a 
nothing town. When Nathanael learned that Jesus was from Nazareth, what was his reply? Can anything good come from Nazareth? The eyes of the world take one look at this young woman and they think, no way. She's young, strike one. She's poor, strike two. She's from Nazareth, strike three. But God looks at Mary and says, yes way. God can use you. Secondly, Mary saw that no matter what problems that she faced, the Lord is with her. Notice the angel came to her, Gabriel, and said, Greeting you who are highly favored. What's the next words out of his lips? The Lord is with you. With you. Blessed are you among women. That was the most important thing that she needed to hear in her ears. There was this real possibility that Joseph would divorce her. There was a real possibility that she would be ostracized in the culture and the community in which she lived by her family. Imagine the gossip in Smallville, Nazareth. There would be assumptions of adultery and on and on. The rumor train would have went for this young woman. Right? Mary's fears in this text are well grounded. The statement would change her, though. The statement would take her from fear to say these words at the end of the text this morning. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me, what? According to your word. The statement would take her from fear to a song of praise in the next chapter. My soul magnifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. He is mighty. He has shown me strength from his arm. The Lord would be with her. He would help her. He would give her strength, give her courage to face anything, even watching this son of hers die on a Roman cross for the sins of the world. Mary saw that no matter what problems she faced, the Lord would be with her. Mary, thirdly, Mary saw that whatever God promises, what? He can do it. He can do it. Verse 37 is that phrase that you just, you need to underline, circle it, highlight it. This is the phrase that you just need to take to the bank every day of your life. What's the phrase? For with God... Nothing will be impossible. Even though the angel's news was completely unbelievable, she believed it. Mary didn't understand it, but she also didn't doubt it. She didn't know how a virgin birth could even happen, but believed it. She believed that no matter what God promised, God can do it. Even after all these centuries, Jesus' miraculous conception and virgin birth remain impossible to understand by human reason alone, right? It's the greatness of this season that we find ourselves in. It is the impossible becoming possible. The real issue, though, is not whether a virgin can conceive, but whether anything is impossible for God. 
The well-known talk show host Larry King was once asked, quote, if you could select any one person across all of history to interview, who would you interview? Who would it be? Mr. King answered that he would interview Jesus Christ. So the follow-up question was, what would you like to ask him? Quote, he said this, what I'd like to ask him is if he was indeed virgin born. Because the answer to that question would define history for me. It does define history, doesn't it? It does define history. This announcement is the impossible becoming possible. And so, in closing, let me just give you some points of application that may help us get from this seat to out those doors and into the community in which God has called us. Here's application point number one. Do you believe that God can use you? Do you believe that God can use you? Is there a thought that creeps into your mind that you're just too insignificant? Are you kind of like, yeah, Mary, I get it. But, you know, I mean, me, God using me, I'm way too insignificant. Um, Perhaps you're sitting there thinking I'm way way too young. (laughs) I'm too weak. Perhaps it's this. You feel too unworthy. God just doesn't simply use the unworthy. You need to read the Bible more often. Because David, Abraham, Elijah, Jonah, all the prophets, the disciples, Peter, right? The list goes on and on. They all had flaws. They were all completely unworthy. But God chose to use all of them. He's searching for the humble. He's searching for fearless, spirit-led people to take part in his amazing kingdom-building project here at St. Paul's. And you ought to be excited because God's here and he's working in our midst. He's building the kingdom one heart at a time. St. Paul's is growing as evident from last week. He's on the move, and he wants to use you. God can use anybody. Secondly, if you have fears this morning, I know that they may be well-grounded. I know that. Pastorally, I want you to know that. I'm with you. I know that life and issues of life can be scary and hard and difficult. I'm I'm married. I have four kids. I have two dogs. I have a cat. (laughs) I know that life can be difficult. But know if you're a child of God, He is with you. He's with you this morning. And so claim Psalm 118 and verse 6. The Lord is on my side. He's on my side. I will not fear for what can man do to me? Claim Hebrews 13.5. Put it on the bathroom mirror in the morning. I 
will never leave you nor forsake you. And then claim this, this season of Christmas. One of the titles given to Jesus is what? Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. Don't let worries, don't let fears defeat you. Know that God is with you. And then finally, what is too impossible for God in your life? Right? As you, as you sit here this morning and you think in your mind, like, what, what is just too impossible for God to overcome? What is it? What is it that he can't do? And then reflect on the mighty work of breaking into our world. Reflect on his promises that he keeps. Reflect on his mighty deeds of raising the dead, making the blind to see, the lame to walk, calming the storm, multiplying the loaves and the fish, and on and on his works go in the word of God to show us that he what? He can do the impossible. No, like Mary, he can do it. God can use you. God is with you. And he can do it. Nothing is impossible for God. Let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for your word this morning. Thank you for the encouragement that it gives to us, your people. And now, Holy Spirit, do a good work in our hearts. We need your help. Strengthen us. As we abide in you, come near us. For we need you. Pray that the next few days ahead, Lord, would be a time of great celebration as we contemplate you breaking into our world, the impossible becoming possible. So be with our families, be with all those that we love this season as we springboard off of this message to a message of peace during Christmas Eve. Help us, strengthen us, be with us. In the name of Christ, I pray. All God's people said, amen, amen.